Welcome. You're about to listen to a teaching of the Foursquare Gospel Church, VGC District. At Foursquare, we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. May your hearts be blessed and transformed as you listen. So just bow down our heads as we pray. We want to welcome our brethren on site and online. Anywhere you are in the world, you're welcomed. And we trust that as we fellowship together this evening, the Lord will bless us all. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we want to thank you and appreciate you for bringing us together this evening to fellowship and to hear your word. We thank you because the entrance of your word gives light and gives understanding to the simple. Holy Spirit, we invite you to take control, have your way, and let Jesus alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You're welcome once more. By God's grace, we'll be continuing with our theme for the month, which is Be Separate. And today's topic is the light in darkness. The light in darkness. Our main text is taken from the book of 2 Corinthians and chapter 6, verse 17. And it reads, Paul writing to the church in Corinth, it says, therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now, let's remind ourselves that Paul was writing to the church. He was writing to brethren. He was writing to people who were born again. And the Spirit of the Lord led him to write, to tell believers, come out and be separate. Over 2,000 years ago, this was the case. More than 2,000 years after, it remains the case. Because God is speaking to believers all over the world who are getting cozy, who are getting comfortable with the world, the world standards, world systems, and world values. And God is telling people all over, come, come out and be separate. So this is not just mere words from Paul. It is the word of God to people in church today. Because at some time when you look into the church, you could hardly distinguish between a believer and an unbeliever. Most of the people who are stealing the, the nation blind today, many of them bear John and Peter, Bartholomew, Timothy, Paul. The Lord will help us. And I took time to look at this same scripture in the book, in, in the message translation. And it's interesting. Message translation says, don't link up with those who will pollute you. Don't link up with them. Don't hook up with them. Don't hang out. Because those are the words we are familiar with. I'm hanging out with the boys. I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm hanging out with the men. Nobody is saying don't hang out. Nobody is saying don't link up. What God is saying is, don't link up with those that will pollute you. I want you all for myself. That's what God is saying. 
Again, I dug further. I went to the New Living Translation because, you see, when I have the opportunity to talk in any gathering, I try as much as possible to look at different translations, to look at how they are put. Probably we can look or get something that the contemporary world can relate to it. And that's why I love that message translation that says, don't link up with them. And that is very close to the terminology that is commonly used in our world today. Don't hang out with them. In NLT, the Bible says, same 2 Corinthians 6, 17. In NLT, it says, therefore, come out from among unbelievers. Right? That is like eating the nail on the head. Come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. We're going to expatiate a bit more on that as we go along. What does that mean? What is, what, what is God trying to say? Is God's, and, and I think the senior pastor actually... Um, made reference to that, and even um, Reverend Odega in his ministration, that does it mean isolation? We'll, 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 we'll examine that as we go along. And as I was thinking about this, the Holy Spirit began to minister a couple of things to me which I took time to jot down. And the very first of, it, of these things is number one, that being separate does not mean isolation or lack of interaction. Now, the fact that God is telling us, be separate. Don't hang out with them. Come out from among them and be separated unto me. It doesn't mean that we should not talk to unbelievers. It doesn't mean we should discriminate against them. He's not saying that we shouldn't have any form of interaction whatsoever with them. No. My mechanic is a Muslim. A lot of people that I interact with on a day-to-day -day basis, some of them are Muslim, some of them don't even have any religion. So God is not calling us onto isolation. Rather, what it means to be separate, what it means is that we should be separate from close interaction or influence of people who have not committed their lives to Christ. Close interaction and expose ourselves to the influence of people who are not born again. And you know, the reason is so simple. You know why? Any man that is, still not, that is not born again is still subject to the influence of the devil. You know, believers are still struggling on a day-to-day -day basis. It's a daily fight. We push the flesh down. The flesh wants to rise up, we push it down. The devil wants to come, we push him down. But an unbeliever is a pipeline. Anything goes. If the devil wakes him up tomorrow and says, yeah, go after 10 women, prove to your friends that you can sleep with 10 women in one day, guess what? The unbeliever will go. Because there is no restraining force. The such or the like that believers have. That is the Holy Spirit. Now, because a believer is subject to the control or the restraining power of the Holy Ghost. Even when you get a bit crazy at times, and you want to do something because mm, I just feel like, the Holy Spirit will leap into action and say, bro, are you okay? Are you normal? You better sit down. There's something in you, you just like, ah, or more. Let me respect myself. And you sit down. You know, you know what that is? That is the Holy Spirit restraining every believer, putting you under control. Because a life without control is a life that is doomed for failure. But an unbeliever does not have that leech that the Holy Spirit has on believers. Right? And that is why the Bible is saying, don't make them your, your, your close confidants. Don't expose yourself to their influence. That is what it means to be separate. 
Number two, being separate is a decision you make. It is not something that will just happen. There is an element of intentionality about it. You've got to make up your mind that I've got to take that step and move away. Because you see, we have nothing to prove to anybody. And I've discovered that over time, believers do what unbelievers do because they want to make a point. Because they are involved and engaged in a rat race. They forget that life is a school of one. So you can't, you can't compete with anybody. The only person you can compete with is yourself. You have nothing to prove to anybody. So you have no business being with these people. You have no business staying on their lane. So you've got to make that decision. Enough of this rat race. I don't have anything to prove to anybody. Number three, being separate will be costly momentarily. There may be lost business opportunities, lost relationships, comfort, money, because you refuse to, pay, to play ball. Oh, how many times I've had sisters come to me? So many times. They got into relationships. We are happy for them. We pray together. We celebrate them. Few weeks down the road, how is your guy doing? Oh, he's not working. Oh, we are parted with, ah, why? He was asking for sex. And I said, no. Then you have to keep encouraging and keep telling, look, guy, my dear sister, keep holding on to God. But you know what some people do? Some people will do anything and everything just to keep a man. Be separate. So some people will lose relationships just because they don't want to conform to the worldly standards. People will lose business opportunities. I mean, a manager in an organization or the MD or whoever can call you into his office and say, guy, we want to give you this job. We will quote 100 million naira for you. But 50 million belongs to us. You will take 50. So once we give you that job, I will send my guy to come and collect the 50 million at the back end. And you look at it and you say, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. And, ah, well, well, if you don't know what your mates are doing, then good luck to you. And you turn your back. Then you be, the devil begins to tell you the opportunities you just missed. You, and he begins to tell you what you could have done with 50 million naira in your pocket. It can be painful, but it's momentary. The Lord will help us. We all go through all this, right? For those who have made up their minds, who have taken that decision to be separate, I would rather serve God than bow my heart to mammon. Don't forget, because I have nothing to prove to anybody. Number four, it takes courage to be separate. It takes courage because you look right, you look left, you see that everybody is conforming. Everybody is doing the same thing. And, it, and, and the common slogan is, if you cannot beat them, you do what? You join them. But that is not the way of God. And that is why if you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, the Bible talks about the way of the world. The way of the world. The pattern of the world. People are doing all manner of things just to make money. We cannot join them. Recently, there was a, there, there was a video that went viral on social media about a man that was, or a company, I don't even know, a company that was giving um, a contract to do a road project. How many of you saw that? A road project that one guy now came and was using his hand to remove the tar on the road that was supposedly newly minted. You know what that person did? He did a substandard work just to make money. He imperiled the lives 
of hundreds and thousands of people just to make money. You know, in the world, they will say he's a smart guy. But in the kingdom, it is not so. Because the, because the Bible says in the beginning, it was not so. And that is why we need to keep reminding ourselves how it was in the beginning. Is it this, was it this bad? That they will give you, at least that one even did something. Some people will even collect money for a project. Their names will be John and Peter and Bartholomew and Timothy. And they will not do any contract. Maybe that one did a substandard one. Many people will not do a thing. They will pocket the money. They will collude with government officials. And they'll be smiling to the bank and riding big cars. They can do that in the world, in the kingdom. It is not so. And that's what people do just to make money. Who are you impressing with money? Nobody will carry one dime to heaven. One dime. I would rather make my two naira, that is the, the, the gain of honest dealing, than to make a million from fraud. That is the expectation and the standard of God for believers. But when we get ourselves locked into a race that does not belong to us, then people begin to do anything and everything just to make money. People rob organizations, broad daylight robbery. They collude with contractors to defraud their own organization from where they are collecting salary. And they have, their hearts are not caught. They do not have that conviction. They can sleep. Bro, I don't understand. Organization that is feeding you, you will collude with outsider to defraud that company. If the people who were there before did what you are doing, will you have an organization to work in? Ask yourself, how much does a man need to live comfortably? You build one mansion on top of the Atlantic Ocean, but if the peace of God is not in your heart, you cannot sleep well. It takes the grace of God to be separate. Let me move. Number six, it takes commitment to be separate. I believe that as we meditate on all these things, the Holy Spirit will amplify all these things in our hearts in Jesus' name. When we talk about being separate, we should remember and have it at the back of our minds that we are not called unto isolation, but we have been called to be separate from what? From the patterns of the world. The principles of the world. The preferences of the world. And the people of the world. The pattern talks about the culture of the world. The way they do their things. What excites them. Their culture. Their ways of living. Defrauding people. Having mistresses all over the place. And not batting an eyelid. Meanwhile, you have a wife at home. That's the pattern of the world. They see nothing wrong in it. Absolutely nothing. Because at the end of the day, they'll be hanging out with the men. And they can crack jokes about their mistresses, their baby mamas, their slave queens, and their slave mamas. In the kingdom... It is not so. So we, are, we have been called to separate ourselves from the pattern of the world. We've been called to separate ourselves from the principles of the world. Die, get rich or die trying. Heaven help those who help themselves. Those are worldly principles that have no place in the scripture. And that is why we need to be very careful that when we begin to hear certain things, we need to step back and check and ask ourselves very probing and honest questions. What this person is saying, is it in the Bible? 
Number three, we've been called to be separated from the preferences of the world. What they like is not what we like. The things they prefer, what they like to do. We are guided by kingdom choices. Hallelujah. And finally, the people of the world. No matter how good a man is, if he's not born again, then he's not good enough for, he, for his sister to marry. If he's not born again, no matter how nice, how caring, oh, do you want to know how many times I've listened to that? Do you know how many times I've, ladies have come and they've told me, Pastor, he's so caring. He's so nice. He's calm. He's cool. Sisters have, have tutored and coached unbelieving men before they are pastors just for him to sanction marriages. But guess what? They've lived to regret it. Because the moment after you deceive the pastor, or the pastor calls you at the back and tells you that this man that I'm looking at is not born again. I said, no, pastor is born again. Whoa, 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 and you insist. What would the pastor go do? At the end of the day, pastor's wife is in his house. By the time the man begins to rain blows on you, the pastor will not partake. He won't. But before you went into it, you knew. But you see, the, 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 the mindset has always been, I will change him. Forgetting that no man born of a woman can ever change another man. So I want to encourage our sisters, those who are not yet married. Marriage is a journey. If you don't get it right, you hurt yourself. Marriage is not an achievement for which you are rewarded. I have seen single women who are happy. And I've seen married women that curse the day they set their eyes on the man that they are married to. The single lady wakes up and does whatever she wants to do. The married woman, who married wrong? Because the man was calm, was caring, was nice. I don't want to tell you things I've heard. I don't want to tell you things people have told me about how they are suffering in marriages. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. Sisters, please wait. Be patient and get it right. Don't let anybody rush you. Or pressure you into marrying somebody. And parents, do not put your daughters under pressure. Let them pray and let them get it right. Don't force her. Don't tell them you are 35. Your mates have two children. There are no mates anywhere. There are no mates. All of us are on a, on a personal and individual race. At Bible study on Sunday, you know, we were, we were sharing the, the, the Bible study. I mean, Sunday school, I'm, we were joking in my class. I'm, and I made a comment. That is true. You know, I made a comment and my wife disagreed. And I said, oh, look, on the day of judgment, she will stand her own. I will day my day. Fact. Fact. God will not say, Mr. and Mrs. Jimo, oh yeah, appear. There is nothing like that too. So parents, please, I beseech you by the mercies of God, pray for your children. Don't put them under pressure to get married, get married, get married, get married. And some parents have pushed their children into doom because of pressure. Because their other, other mates are married and are having children. Are you God? By the time they begin to beat that girl in her home, you will not be there to receive part of the blow. When the man abandons that woman and goes out and returns at 3 a.m., you will not be there to share the heartache of that woman. Let them make the right choice. Pray along with them. Ladies, let nobody put you under any pressure. Take your time. Pray. The right man will eventually come. Rather than doing, you know, submitting or succumbing to pressure, take your time and get it right. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Quickly, uh, and I'll skip a few things and go to. So, God has called us to be separate. But there's need for us to make contact. 
Jesus did not stand in heaven and say, all ye mankind, if you believe me, you will be saved. No. You know what he did? He came. And that's why I love that scripture that says, we have not a high priest that is not taught with the feelings of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points. So when we go through anything, we are encouraged by the fact that our master went through the same thing. He understands how we feel. The sign that has no interpretation, he understands. He engaged. He engaged prostitutes. He made contact with tax collectors. He made contact with robbers, rogues, thieves. The sinners of this world, the pretenders of this world. And so we must come to the realization that church is a place where we come to, to get encouraged, to get trained, but our ministry is in the world. That is our playing field. Our field is not the church. Our field is, is the world. Which was why Jesus said, he said, behold, I give unto you power. Go! And he asked us that we should go into all the world and preach. The, it isn't going to all churches. Go into the world and make contact, engage for the purpose of the gospel. You know why? Because without contact, there cannot be impact. And I'm going to link this to the second point, which says that many people in the world today, they need help and they need the hope that we carry. You know, when you are born again, you are not just an empty shell. There is something in you that the world needs. That's why the Bible calls, that's why the Bible refers to the world we live in as a wicked and perverse generation. People are hurting in the world. Forget about all the boju boju that they do. All the, all the Italian suit, the tuxedo that they put on. Forget about all that. When they look at you, they envy you because there is something in you that you have that they don't have. And they wish and long that they have. You know, when I was in the university, I had a roommate at a particular point who was a court member. We're sharing the bunk. One day, I wanted to put something in the wardrobe. And as I opened the wardrobe, I saw the calendar. The, is it the almanac, they call it, with a picture of a skull and two axes underneath. My heart skipped a bit. It was that day I knew that this guy is a cultist. He was in my department. Anyway, of course, you know, you preach to them, they have their minds elsewhere. Fast forward, five years after, I was working on campus, I was, I was working, and he was coming behind me. I didn't see him, of course, by that time, at 200 level, we had gone to different hostels, but we still were meeting in class occasionally, ah, my guy, you know. He looked at me, I said, ah, my guy, my bro, how are you? The guy shook his head and uttered a word that I will never forget till I die. He said, wrote to me, I regret not moving close to you. He was a capon in a court on campus. He said, I regret not moving close to you. I, I just smiled. I said, oh, man, don't worry, God will do it, blah, 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 and all that, and he moved on. On the final day on campus, this guy came to meet me and he said he wanted to give his life to Christ. I said, um, I know, you know, I, my mouth was heavy. I couldn't tell him that I know you're a court member. You're a capon. He said, don't worry, I, I know that you know that I'm, I'm there. I said, but they will come after you. He said, I'll blow their heads off. I said, Lobato. Anyway, I led him to Christ. Today, he's a member of the Redeemed Christian Church of God in Abuja, doing well. 
You know why he came to me? There was something that he saw. I didn't have money. I wasn't driving any car on campus. I wasn't wearing tuxedo. But I had the peace of God. And he saw that. My brother, my sister, there are things that unbelievers see in you. They hurt badly. They hurt. You won't know. Because they have learned to camouflage. And they, want, they have used wealth. Big cars and big houses. To kind of dress the inner pain that they have on a daily basis. So why do you want to join them? And that is why we need to contact them. We need to engage them and offer them the hope that they don't have. And that is why Jesus even said on that mount, he said, let your light so shine. Where? Before men. Because you carry light. You are not empty. They need you badly. Forget about the fact that, hey, well, I'm only struggling. Hey, I don't have money. Hey, I'm only... Bro, what you carry, you have no clue how big it is. They will come to you, but they look at you from afar and they envy you. With all their money, they are empty shells. Because a life without Christ is empty. So what people do is to look for something to fill that emptiness. But nothing satisfies like knowing Christ. And that is what you have. There was a time I went on a visitation during my campus days. A lady came out to meet with me. I was talking, 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 talking. Oh, how she's been going through this, how she's been going through that. You know what I did? I was in a hurry. I just held her hand. And I squeezed it a bit and said it is well. And I left. Fast forward a few days after. I went back to that hotel to see my members. This lady jumped out of her room. And she was, she was jumping and she was so excited. I said, what did happen? She said, that day you came, you touched me. And I was healed. I said, me, healed came. I didn't pray for you. I only touched and virtue flowed. Guess what? Every believer carries power. A word can save his soul. A touch can bring hope. We live in a very hopeless world. Very hopeless. Dark world. Perverse. Dark. But believers are the hope of the generation. Believers are the hope, the help of the helpless. And that is why we need to go out and share the love of Christ and let them know that there is hope in Christ. There will not be hope anywhere, but only in Christ. And the help that they are looking for is not in money, it's not in sex, it's not in drugs. It's only in Christ. And guess what? They are waiting for you to bring that hope to them. Regardless of where you are, don't wait until you, until you buy one big house or until you have your own house. It's not about that. It's about your willingness to go out and touch the world. Engage. So that somebody can be saved. Somebody can be healed. Somebody can be touched. Somebody can find hope. Believer, it is time to arise from where you are seated and go out there and minister hope to somebody. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Very quickly, of course, when the other reason why we need to engage is because God commands it. In the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said, the Bible says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He said, go into all the world. Because he knows that there is something that he has deposited on the inside of us. It is not for us to sit down and be happy and be enjoying with our families. It is about going out there and sharing love to somebody. And telling somebody that there is hope for you. 
if you care to go out, if you care to listen to people, if you interact with people of this world, it will amaze you how much hopelessness is in the society. And that's why a lot of people pretend on Instagram. They pretend on Twitter. They go to somebody's house, they take selfie and say, I've just bought my first house at 22. What God cannot do does not is a lie. Oh. It's a lie. Many of them. Because they want to show off. They are looking for help. That help. God will not come down a second time. The God that they will encounter is the God that resides in you. And I'm talking to you. So there are times we need to park our fancy cars and take a stroll. There are times we need to get down from our high horses and engage the people of the world and care enough to listen to the whispers of their soul and let God use you for kingdom purpose. Praise the Lord. As we engage, as I begin to bring this home gradually, how do we stay away from being contaminated? Because again, that is a fear of some people. They, they want to engage. But they are afraid that if I engage, will they not lure me back to where I'm coming from? Will they not lure me back to the world? But we'll go through a, a couple of things that can help us to stay on the right side and not be contaminated. Number one is you must reveal your identity. Let them know that you're a believer. Don't hide it. The moment you declare that you're a believer, there are some things that will never come near you. They will not, you won't even smell them. When you enter the university, well, in Nigeria, I don't know about um, those who school abroad, but in, the, in any Nigerian public university, the moment you go in, you know, as Christian bodies are doing um, catch, catch them young and blah, 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 and all those things, Courtists too are also doing recruitment. But they will not approach. They will first sit back and watch. They will target you. The day you carry Bible, that is the day they cross you out from their list. But if they watch you week one, week two, week three, you are not going anywhere. You are only going to the battery to smoke. You're only going, you're doing fine man all over campus. You know what they will do? They will target you and they will approach you. And they will lure you. Anywhere you go to, the moment you declare you are a born again Christian, guess what? The devil registers it. The people around you knows it. And they know what they expect of a believer. And that puts you under check. So don't hide it. A lot of people go to new places and they, and, 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 and they just cover their identity. They don't want people to know that they are believers. You know why? They don't want to be held accountable. So that they can go to one corner and be carrying women and then, and then people will just think that they are normal people. They are not normal people. They are born again Christians. But they have, they have, they have just um, put it aside. But remember what the scriptures say. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Declare who you are. That is one thing that has saved me all through my life journey. There is no place I went to that I did not declare that I'm a Christian. I'm born again. It has helped me. Number two, declare your values and stick to them. Number one, the first thing is to declare that I'm born again. No, I don't believe in magomago. I don't believe in getting rich quick. You remember um, Dickin Lawrence when he came to minister? And he said when he became, whether executive director or so, that somebody came to him and said, oh God, we can help you package something. You know, don't worry. I will do it for you. All I need is just your deed. Blah, 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 and all that. What did the man do? He said, no, I'm a Christian. I don't engage in all these things. Immediately they knew that this was different. Let people know what you stand for. We are talking about how you can stay away from contamination. Let people know what values you believe in. Tell them I don't do fraud. I'm not looking for money at all costs. Godliness with contentment is great gain. That's my watchword. 
I'm not looking for blood money. I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a believer. I believe in integrity. I believe in honesty. I believe in love. I believe in kindness. I believe in following processes. When they know you are like that, guess what? They will give you way. They will give way. And let you move on with your life. Declare your values. And after declaring your values, guess what? Stick to them. Don't say one thing and do something else. We have so many people who have done that. Somebody will come into an organization. I will say, eh, eh, I am a fortress person. I am this. I believe in integrity. I'm a man of this. I'm a man of that. Or I'm a woman of this. I'm a woman of that. Then two months down the line, you are colluding to defraud. You are doing something that is contrary to what you are saying. Child of God, stick to your values. And God is able to help you. Number three is surround yourself with like-minded people. The Bible says, he that walk with the wise shall be what? Shall be wise. But the companion of fools shall be destroyed. Surround yourself with people that are going the same way you are going. Don't say you want to go into business and your, and your, and your, and your partner is an unbeliever. What are you doing with a non-believer? What relationship has light with darkness? Who is your best friend? Somebody who does not know God? He's the person you have exposed yourself to, to influence you? No. Surround yourself with like-minded people so that when you are going astray, somebody can say, bro, are you normal? Is this how we started? Is that you are backsliding? then immediately you can caution yourself and retrace your steps. Not the one that you carry one bottle and they'll be hailing you because those are the people you have surrounded yourself with. Instead of them to caution you and say, what are you doing? They'll say, ah, oh yeah, you can do it. You, you remember somebody died, one of the aides of one very top musician in this country. They engaged in, in drinking competition. They were drinking alcohol. They were drinking and drinking and drinking. One of them slumped and died. The way of the transgressor, the Bible says, is very hard. It's very hard. Surround yourself with good people, with believers who will help you, who can encourage you when the, when the, when, when, when the storms of life are hard. People who can say, don't give up. I'll never forget a time we went, this was during my NYIC, yes, in Taraba, in the, mount, in the mountainous area of Taraba, a place called Gembu, the Mambila Plateau, the, 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 the most beautiful and scenic place I've ever been to in my life. So on one of those days, myself and this young man, my, my friend, my brother, my bosom friend, we had to trek for about five hours to go and scout for a village to do evangelism. Because those are some of the things we were doing. We were on the Mambila Plateau, but on that same Mambila Plateau, if you keep going and going and going, you will enter Cameroon. So we were trekking. After a while, we trekked for about three, four hours. We didn't see anywhere. I said, Demola, I'm going back. He said, no, wrote to me, strengthen your mind. Ah, when he uttered those words, gathered strength. We eventually got to the place we were going. Then we still had enough energy to walk another four hours. Walk. If it was an unbeliever, now so we see him too, make we look for something, make we do to help ourselves. Young man, young woman, if you are listening to me or watching, Please, I encourage you, surround yourself with people that are godly, that are going where you are going. Not unbelievers. Number four, very quickly, always be guided by the word of God. That is the locus classicus. That's what we call it in law. That is the grand norm. 
the cocoa of the matter is the word of God. Because the word of God remains the major way we can say uncontaminated by the world. And we're not talking about head knowledge. We're talking about heart submission to God's word. You know, some people know, you know, the Bible talks about people who have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. People who have knowledge, but their hearts are not submitted. So we are not talking about people who know. We are talking about people who submit and say, this word will be my guide. We must be regulated by the word of God and there is no room for shaking or bending or mending or compromise. It's the word of God or nothing. The reason why we don't do some of the things that the people of the world do is not because we don't have capacity to do them. All of us have the capacity. I can carry girlfriend now. Or you think I don't know how to carry girlfriend? Is it not to say, ah, boo, bae, I want you. I love you. Can, I, can, 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 can you be my mistress? And the boo and the bae will say, eh, eh, okay. And end of story. We can do it. But you know why we don't do it? It's not because we are pastors. It's because we are regulated by the world. The world tells us what to do and what not to do. And I've shared the story before. How I helped a young woman. I don't know whether it was there or house fellowship. How I helped a young woman one day. And she was so touched with that generosity. And, and you know what she said? She sent me a text and said, Ah, can I be your mistress? Be my mistress, how? It's not possible. Because the word is what I am guided by. Once we are guided by the word, we will stay away from contamination. Because we will do what the word says we should do, and we will run away from what the word says we should run away from. So it's not by power or by might. It's by the spirit of God. But the moment we, we are far from this world, guess what? Then the memory and the impact and the hold and influence of that world becomes weak and faint. Therefore, I want to encourage anybody, if you must follow God, if you must remain a believer, if you must remain uncontaminated, the word of God must not be far from you. We will keep looking at it. Like we look at ourselves in a mirror on a daily basis. Be encouraged by the word. Be guided by the word. Be inspired by the word. Because if you do not do that, the memory will fade. The impact will be weak. The influence will be weak until you are completely drawn away. So I want to encourage everyone. Let's get back to that word. The word has the power and capacity to keep. It has kept all of us. It will continue to keep you. Praise the Lord. So the word is key. The reason why we don't engage in corruption is because the word says don't. Oh, oh you think we've not seen loopholes? We have seen loopholes in so many organizations we worked for. People have come and made fantastic proposals. So now we can make cheap money. Money easily. And they will tell you, ah, if you do this and this and this and this, you can make 30 million. You can make 10 million. You can make 20 million. Why make 20 million and lose your soul? 20 million? What is the cost of the soul of a man? Our lives are regulated by the world. And I said there that a life without regulation is a life that is destined to crash sooner rather than later. I am so grateful to God that the world is there to regulate me. Resident in every man is the capacity for the greatest evil. Every man born of a woman, including believers. Without the Holy Spirit, you will shock yourself the capacity of evil that you are capable, that you are capable of. But thank God for the word. Somebody can look at me and say, I want to be your mistress and I can just take a walk and walk away. It's the Holy Spirit. 
everything on the rice, 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 rice. Look for spaghetti and shotgun. Look for beans. Look for indomie. Variety is the spice of life. That is from the depth, the very pit of hell. Men, the Bible says, away is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Proverbs chapter 7. Away is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. The day I saw that scripture, I said, hell and death in one verse. There is nothing there. There's everything in God. My favorite scripture, all times scripture is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. I love that scripture. Very popular verse of scripture that says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith. And your purity. Message translation says, teach believers with your life. Teach people with your life. People will look at you and they will say, there was a time when I was running my master's program in London. So there were a lot of Chinese people. And they don't know how to speak English very well. So one of them came to me. So it became close to me. So I used that opportunity to minister to her. She didn't understand. I was talking to her about Jesus. How good Jesus was. Jesus would do this. Jesus would do that. She laughed. I said, Paul. That's what they used to call me. He said, Paul, you are Jesus. Because that's the only person that she's... I said, no, I'm not Jesus. Don't put me in trouble. I'm not Jesus. I'm talking to you about Jesus, the master, not me. You know, of course, I made light of it. And that's what Paul was telling Timothy. He said... Teach believers with your life. Somebody said, preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. Many of us forget that people are watching us every day. In the office, in school, in your neighborhood, in your community. Some of them may not talk to you. But they are watching you from afar. They are forming conclusions and they know, they calculate. Can I approach this person? if I have an issue in my life. Is this person a, ref a true reflection of Christ? You can make impact on people that never spoke to you. And they will give their lives to Christ quietly. And you will only know when we get to heaven. Remember that song that says, Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am the soul that was saved because you gave. At times, it's not because you gave. It's because you molded Christ. And somebody was watching. And said, God, the way this sister is living, she's a true believer. Won't even come to you. We'll go to the corner of our house and invite Jesus into our heart. That's what Paul was telling. Teach believers with your life. Let people look at you Oh, I can share some personal testimonies or personal stories. Oh, no, I can't. I can't. But we can pray that God will help us. Know that you are a believer and you are shouting on everybody. And, I, and, I, and I've told the story before of a lecturer in my, in, my, in my school in Ife who was a very, I don't want to use the word wicked, who was a very, very unfriendly, off-putting, always frowning, unhelpful. You want to submit calls from the if you it, the man will bang the door. You don't listen to any entreaty. You must carry that course over. One day in my 400 level, a sister in one of the fellowships that I knew very well said she was engaged to this man. I said, You go, you want to go and marry unbeliever. And they said he's born again. I said, this one born again. He may actually be born again, but guess what? The life that he lived did not reflect it. So when we talk about being separate, it also relates to being separate in the way we live our lives. 
Let it be. Let be, be the salt. The Bible talks about believers being the salt of the earth. What does salt do? It seasons things. It's not every time you'll be shouting. It's not every time you'll be quarreling. It's not every time you'll be fighting. It's not every time you'll be harsh. Because you're a guy, a guy where? And that thing pains me to my marrow when people maltreat people because they are Oga. Oga how? Did, did Christ live like that? Was Christ not Oga? Did he shout at Peter? Was he harsh to the people he was living? He was leading? No. There was a case of a man who terrorized his direct report to the extent that this direct report of his could no longer drive to work. So the husband had to drive her to work in the morning. The husband will have to come and pick her in the evening when she closes. Because she was having panic attack. Because every time the girl will tell her, you are daft. You, are, you don't have sense. Why are you doing like this? You are working as if this. You are, when the girl sat in front of me and was telling me her story, I almost wept. Teach people with your life. Let people look at you and want to know Christ. Finally, and this is where I'm going to stop. To remain uncontaminated, we need to pray. We need to pray. All these things that we are talking about is not by power. It's not because you are strong. It's not because I'm pastor. You remember that even when the devil tempted Jesus, did the devil leave him forever? The Bible says, and he departed from him for how long? For a season, for a while. You know why? Because he planned to come back. Did he come back or not? He did. Remember when he was telling the disciples about what was going to happen to him? And Peter said, God forbid. You will not die. You will not do this. You will defend you. What did he say? He said, get thee behind me. Satan, he came back. He will come back for you too. He will come back. But for as long as we remain in the place of prayer, for as long as our strength and our hope and our focus is in God and not our strength, we have nothing to be afraid of. Because he that keeps us never sleeps nor slumbers. The Bible says that our wars are continually before him. And I tell people, we forget that Jesus himself is more interested in our standing than we are. I don't want to fall. Oh God, keep me. Oh God, oh God, don't let me go. Oh, even God himself is more committed to you than you know. Praise the Lord. So let us pray. And when we go to God in prayer, it will supply grace. The Holy Spirit will be made available to help us. We stand by grace, not by our strength. He that keeps us is stronger and will keep us to the very end. May the Lord help us in Jesus. I want us to bow down our heads and pray. I want you to pray that God will keep you to the very end. That on this journey that we are in, you will not go back. Our story will not be like that of Demas. The Bible says of Demas, Oh, Demas has forsaken me and has departed unto Thessalonica, having loved this present world. That was the story of Demas. That will not be our story. We will not depart unto Thessalonica. We will not love this present world because the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For anyone who loves the law, who loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. We will stand with Christ. Come rain, come shine. We will be unmovable. We will not yield. Because heaven is our goal. If you're a young woman, pray. Pray for God to keep you and preserve you. We live in a generation where everything goes. Everybody is doing anything and anything is doing everybody. But they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. God, we thank you for keeping us always. Thank you because you are faithful. You will be faithful forever. 
We will not go to the right. We will not go to the left. We will focus on you. We will keep moving in the direction you want us to move. Father, we bless you. We commit our lives unto you once again. You that is the keeper and the shepherd of our souls. Keep every one of us on site and online. Anyone and everyone that is still struggling. Lord, by the power of your mercy, by the help of the Holy Spirit, Lord, keep us in the name of Jesus. Those who may have gone out of the way, Lord, we beseech you by the mercies of God that you will bring them back into the fold, that the power of Satan will be broken, that the allurement of the world will be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Anyone that has been involved and engaged in any form of rat race, Lord, let your understanding, let it dawn on them that we are in this world not to engage in a race, but to please you and to serve you. That after we have served you, we can sleep. Lord, we look upon to you. Keep us, oh God, for we belong to you. To you be all the glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.